G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. Garnsy, what a week of sport. How good was that? Yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty decent. What a kick off the AFLW. Um, Frankson looked really good on last Friday night, and then NBA and NBL all had its ups and Ups and downs. Did you did you say Frankston? Yeah, Frankston hosts the AFLW on Friday. Oh, okay. That's yeah. like Frankston is not in the AFL. <laughs> yeah. Now the the <laughs> ground that St Kilda played on last Friday night was yeah um, the Frankston ground. Yeah, but yeah, we got obviously Clay was back finally and provided us with a huge crossover and dunk. Yes, Jackie um, Moon, as we get a call in from now on with that headband and mini fro. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, footy, footy being back, uh, how good. And then the NBL had two like very quality games. Unfortunately, the other two were postponed, but um, two really good games. Very good. And um, you got to love some of these up-and-coming players that are coming through in the NBL. Yeah. Yep. So let's uh, let's have a look at our last week's um, golf results. Just obviously the two games. Um, so I only I only scored sixteen for the week. Uh, what did you score? I had thirty three. So my total goes to one seventy eight. Yeah, and I'm at two twenty three. So I pegged back a little bit there. Um, yeah. Probably needed the other two games to to get played, but um, one of them's been rescheduled for this up and coming week. So. Um, Hopefully, hopefully you pick the same the same result. It's pretty cool though, because like the NBA has got seven games in seven days, so we've got a bit of a rollout going with with the NBL, which it's exciting for a fan and a consumer to watch. 
yeah, well, it's better than it being so spread out. Like that's what's so good about the NBA. There's just games every day. You can't miss basketball when it's on on every day. You want to watch it. Exactly. And if you, you want to watch something, it's always there to be watched. Like you just flick the tra- channel on and you see Curry drop 30 points again. So yeah. it's, um, it's good. And the NBL is humming along. Um, we're recording this on a late Friday night. Again, some technical difficulty. There's a massive storm that hit my place as well. So um, Wi-Fi went down for a bit there. So, But no, I'm excited to see the lead-ups and the games that are coming up. Yeah, so um, let's uh, let's have a look at the NBL. Obviously, we'll just go over over last week's sort of results a little bit as well. But um, obviously, New Zealand getting their first win. We we spoke about them last week. I did pick Brisbane to have a have a bad game against them and and just forget forget to turn up. Oh, we watched that together, and it was just a turnover galore in the last five minutes of that game. But like I said before, Wetzel he he came out and he he showed out. Um, oh, did, didn't he, didn't he just didn't he just absolutely carry them though? Like he, he ended up he ended up having twenty seven points, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals on sixty percent shooting from the field. Oh, and I think you're missing the most vital point. Big men aren't known to do this, but he was nine from eleven from free throw, and they only won by five, was it? Yeah, there? five, five. Yeah. Yep. So if he missed, he missed to uh, another three. Well, oh, sorry, another five free throws, and he goes four from eleven. Um, that's the game right there. He he made the easy points count, and at the free throw, and they called the charity stripe, and he 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 made sure of it. It wasn't a hacker shack. They didn't want to fail him because he was knocking them down. Yeah, exactly. And I think he hit. I think he hit a couple of real late uh, free throws as well to put yeah. him up by much um, in the clutch. Yeah, I think I think it was to get put him back up by four, and then then Brisbane went down and hit a two, and then I um, uh, can't remember who it was, but they they hit a three to to blow it out to five. Uh, I think it might have been Besson, was it? Uh, I really I it's... really can't remember to be honest, but yeah. On the on the other hand, as well, obviously New Zealand finally getting their their first win of the season, which was pretty well deserved. Um, but yeah, obviously Brisbane, exactly like I said last week. Um, you know, they they seem to show up against the good teams, but then don't show up against the teams that they should be beating. So, no, don't know. Uh, well, bit of, bit of a problem for them. It's about, it's kind of annoying doing your tips, and especially with our five games that we're doing in our golf again. Um, I'm very nervous. Very very. Yeah. Nervous. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, it makes it hard for hard for picking. Um and. And the other one I sort of wanted to touch on, obviously, was Illawarra. I did bring them up last week as well. And um, they're, they are just, yeah, they're proving very, very hard to beat. Um, and, you know, um, your your man, Duop Reith, he, yep. um, he didn't have a very good showing. And, you know, then they found another guy. They found another one with Sam Froling. Um, come out, had a career high, 27 points. Uh, which and you know for a 21 year old that's a massive game and to be top scorer for your team and everything like that um, and to carry them to a to a big win to put them four and one for the season that's massive. Yeah, and uh, it's just good to see young talent show out. I'm pretty sure he's elected to go into the NBA draft. I'm going to double check that um, later date, but it's just good for the NBL in general. It gets more exposure again. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's it's so, it's so good to see a lot of the young talent for yeah, like obviously the Australian talent um, showing out in the NBL, and it it's now becoming a, a 
really recognisable brand of basketball and um, they're being rewarded for it too. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's so exciting. It really is exciting for it. But do you yeah. want to come to what, Nick, for um, the tips? Yep. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's jump into our tips for the, for the next uh, week. Uh, obviously, yeah, like you said, there's a, there's a heap of games coming up. Um, and, yeah, let's uh, kick it off with Brisbane versus South East. Yeah, I'm actually excited. South East finally get to play in the new year. Um, but I'm worried, like you said, with Brisbane. Brisbane lose to the teams that they shouldn't lose to and beat the teams they shouldn't even win against. And, um, look, I have South East by six, and our player is Lamar Peterson. Do I have that correct? Patterson, yep. Patterson, Patterson. yep. Um, I, I have him for 12 points. He's got some good re- averages, 16-point average and five rebounds. So, yep. But I think with... Uh, Chi and Mitch Creek and Brockoff, I think points would be hard to come by. Yeah, that's why I've, I've gone southeast by four, um, yep. and Lamar Patterson by 15 for 15 oh, yeah. points. Sorry. Um, yeah, so, um, and then on to the next one is Illawarra versus Melbourne. Um, I've got Illawarra by three points, and our man Sam Froling um, is going to be our player for the week. Yeah. Um, and I've got him for 10 points. Uh, I think this is where we'll make a break because I went Melbourne by nine points. I think with all the rest that they've had and some defensive schemes and with um, Dan Vickerman as a coach, he would have all his defense lined up for this matchup and I think they'll expose um, Illawarra for um, on their offensive. Uh, sometimes they lack on offensive. They make their often, uh, turnover prone as well. So, But I went Sam Froling for nine points. He's pretty Good from the three-point line, so maybe three from three, I reckon. Yeah, well, that's a big call. Yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, so next game obviously is uh, Sydney versus New Zealand. Obviously on a hot streak now. So. <laughs> 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 um, and then our our player is going to be Jalen Jalen Adams. Yeah, so I actually like um, Adams. He's a bit of like like I said, upcoming star before. Um, but I've gone with Sydney by two. And Adams for 13. I think it will be a back-and-forth game. It'll, it'll be like a heavyweight fight, I reckon. It'll be yeah, so yeah. Makers. Yep. yeah, so I've got, I've got Sydney. So we're pretty close again. I've got Sydney for Sydney by four points. Um, and then Jalen Adams for 16. Oh, yeah. So, yep. Yep, so, um, yeah, I think, I think he, he, he'll still score his points and everything. And, yeah, like you said, he's an upcoming, up-and-coming kid. And he's one of the imports, imports for... For them as well, so um, yeah, it's it's exciting to see um, another young guy trying to show out in in the NBL and coming over because he he realizes it's an opportunity to get drafted. Exactly. Um, our next game as well is Dirty Sixes versus Perth, uh, and our and our player is Bryce Cotton. Yeah, so I think Bryce Cotton will definitely have another breakout game. I think I'll, I'll have him for twenty three points, but I went with Perth by eleven. I think oh, so you so you've changed you've changed your tips from last week, have you? Oh, uh, so yes, I've expanded on some of the. Um, I went with some big hitters. I need to put the the knife in and get you away from me again. But um, yeah, that this game is not going to help you because I've uh, I've gone pretty. I, I did the exact same exact same result as I thought it was going to be last week, and I've gone seventeen points to Perth, and Bryce Cotton for twenty five points. Okay, so hopefully he scores twenty three and eleven again, and I get two zeros. 
<laughs> and then, yeah, last last game, uh, last game for the week um, is going to be New Zealand versus Taz, and our and your man Josh Adams. Yeah, so I'm not too sure where is this at New, in New Zealand. Uh, I'm not too sure where it's played, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I thought I think it might be. That's what actually affected my tip. I thought if it was at New Zealand, I've got it was their first game at home, so I picked New Zealand by. Um, for anyway, I'm going to stick by it now. Like I'm pretty sold on him, and yep. I've got Adams for 11. And I reckon you have a poor shooting day. I reckon he might be like four from 11 or something like that, and you get most of his points from the charity strike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I've got I've got New Zealand. I've got them to win as well, but I've only got them to win by one point. I'm tipping a pretty tight encounter, uh, and then I've got Josh Adams for 15 points. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, let's uh, let's let's move on from from the NBL and let's let's jump straight into the NBA. We've got heaps to talk about. Heaps is going on, obviously, once again. Uh, and so um, I know we spoke about I know we spoke about Memphis uh, last week. Oh, uh, but they're rolling. They're so but damn them. damn. They're hard to, not to talk about right now. Uh, I mean, I mean, what about Air Jar? So, so, so it's got to it's got to be, doesn't it? I mean, oh my lord, he nearly nearly knocked himself out on the backboard. He he really did, and oh, just the talent on the on the kid, and the, like in earlier pods, I spoke about like his fearlessness and sometimes recklessness, yeah. but it's in a controlled way, and he's putting up stats close to MVP Derrick Rose in two thousand and ten. Like he's very. It's uh, it's a bit of a throwback. It's quite comforting watching it. And the best thing is they're only, I think, two games behind Utah. So they're not far off even oh, yeah. being a number yeah. one seed. Yeah, they are flying. Like I think they just, it keeps on changing, obviously, due to amounts of games played and percentages and whatnot. But they're, they're going in between the second and fourth seed, basically, um, especially especially now, which which obviously leads me to my next next point as well. But... Them extent to after today as well. They on um, uh, obviously today is Friday for us, and they've they've extended their the franchise record of all time. Um, they're up to now eleven wins. They already part, surpassed it at nine wins, yeah, uh, which had never been done before. And yeah, now they're up to eleven straight wins, which is just skyrocketing them up. Um, yeah, they're breaking a bit of history, and I can't. Their coach is definitely. Coach of the Year candidate, who would have thought this um, explosion? But I said this on earlier pods as well. The depth on this Memphis team is what's making them so so dynamic. Oh, we've got so many avenues, don't we? Like with the with the younger guys. Well, I know we spoke about it last week, so we'll move on from Memphis in a second. But I just got one last thing on Jar Morant as well, and and he's just he's just broken another. This is another record that he's broken in this in this same stretch as well. Uh, with Jar being the youngest youngest ever to average twenty five plus points in ten in a ten game win streak, wow! And so that's and, a, that's, and you and you, that, you you could probably guess who is who is taking that off. Is that LeBron's stat? No. Or is that a Magic Johnson stat? No, it's a Derrick Rose stat. So oh, exactly wow. like you just brought up, where where it's a bit of a throwback. It's literally what he's taken from Derrick Rose. Yeah. So, no, it's 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 super impressive. Like <laughs> it's scary. It's scary how how alike they're starting to look. 
Yeah, like, except for this, Jamarin has a three-point shot and uh, yeah. can can uh, create off the dribble um, with a step-back jumper as well. So it's it's very impressive. Um, but I want to just touch on what we we spoke about it in the um, in the intro. But uh, how good is it seeing number eleven for the Golden State Warriors back in class? Yeah, yeah, it's, they're pretty sight. I mean, they're, I think they're going through a little bit of the growing pains again. They've obviously struggled in the last few games after he after he came back that one game. Obviously, yep. that was a massive, massive day, clay day. So um, everyone showed out for that. And but yeah, ever since ever since they've kind of been on struggle street, trying to trying to find their way a little bit and manage everyone, and you know, going through the same growing growing pains that probably Brooklyn are going to go through as well with with Kyrie. Yeah, um, trying to manage minutes and and gameplay and ball uh, ball control and everything like that. But um, yeah, they'll they'll find their way. They're, they're obviously such a tight knit group, Golden State. Um, that I think I think they'll find I think they'll find their rhythm pretty soon. But yeah, right now they're they're struggling. But yeah, oh, it's amazing seeing Clay back. And uh, obviously, the the more and more he plays, the more more and more he's going to get back to himself. Yeah, and um, the best part is it's still only January, so there's heaps of time for for that chemistry to be built up. A lot of yeah. ins and outs on the system, even though he's been in that system for a long time, it's a bit different playing in it and being actually feeling what the game's giving you. Yeah, um, well, well, since he played though, since he played, you got to remember there's there's probably at least six, seven new players in there that are playing full minutes, like well Gary Payton. Um, there's uh, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, none of these guys that have been um, showing out this season. He, he he wasn't playing when they were uh, – they weren't playing when he was in. Obviously, that was when KD and stuff were there. So Yeah, exactly. Then... I think when the Golden State Warriors – how's this? When Golden State Warriors won their first title back in 2015, yep. Jordan Poole was 15. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that's the crazy part, and yeah, it's a lot's changed since Clay's last game. Like Kawhi Leonard was still in the Raptors, and um, Anthony Davis is still in the Pelicans. So again, the game's going to be a bit different than what he last played in. It's still the same. You dribble the ball, you shoot the ball, but in terms of feeling and what the defensive schemes up against him, it's a bit different. Um, I want to talk about one of the first trades of the year: um, Rondo going to the Cavs. Very yep. impressive. Um, Showing like he's definitely filling filling in that Rubio Rubio veteran role. Yeah, um, I think he's had three games with twenty odd minutes, five assists, ten points each game, and five rebounds. So he's doing a bit of everything. He's done his hamstring already, but um, yeah. But no, I, I'm impressed with how Rondo's going, and exactly what they needed with the top player Rubio went down with. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, that playmaker, ball control, and veteran, veteran guard just to lead lead those younger younger guys around. The yeah, Jer- um, Allen, Mobley, all thriving. Markin and all thriving. When I think they're plus minuses, he's up. They they are plus twelve when Rondo's on the court. Just bot, and that's in three games. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. yeah, Bulls number one seed. They're running away with it. But I've got an unpopular opinion here, Ash. Yeah. The number one seed isn't all what it's cranked up to be, I don't think. I think, especially in the East. Especially in the East, yeah. Like, we go back, even last season, who was the number one seed? 
it was um, Philly, and they fell in the second round. You know, a year before that was Brook. Um, it was uh, Milwaukee. They fell in the second round. It was Celtics. They fell out in the second round. Like, there's a common thread where that the number one seed is actually a bit of a curse. I think. Yeah, well, yeah, they kind of kind of might be putting too much effort into the regular season, as weird as that sounds, which you should be putting 100% effort in all the time to get yourself into a really good spot for the playoffs. But, yeah, you, you are right. Like, um, yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're putting a bit too much effort in to, to become that number one seed to try and show that they should be in the playoffs, which, which Bulls are trying to prove themselves. Um, there's a lot of guys there that say DeRozan, um, he obviously was touted as the worst Worst pick for the uh, worst trade of the season, the preseason. Uh, Lonzo Ball, he's he's obviously always trying to prove himself. He's he's got copped a lot of crap. Um, Zach Levine, from his early early years, he was always trying to prove himself because everyone just thought he was a an athletic guy that could just dunk the ball. That was yeah. it. Um, Caruso, I mean, you know where he's from. He's come from. Uh, Vucevic, he's had the same thing. So you know, you got all all their starters pretty much. Um, all going have all been through the same thing and and wanting to prove themselves. So now they and it's representing their coach as well and Billy Donovan, who's trying to prove his worth. He had, he took over the Thunder gig when he still had Durant and Westbrook, and that blew up in his face. And then he had the Chris Paul SGA combo, and then he chose to go to Chicago, and his first season was a bit down. But you have a look at their um, roster now, and it's pretty good makeup. And I think they're still one move away from making a big splash, but honestly, if you go who's the best team in the East, by form you go Chicago, but if you got to pick any team, Ash, in the East to win it outright, who would you go with? Uh, well, yeah, I, I think you're still bypassing the Bulls, you are right. Uh, I think I think you got to you got to still stick with the the reigning champs in, in Milwaukee. They're, oh, they're such a good two-way team. Obviously, Brooklyn gave them a bit of a Touch up um, the other day, uh, but they're they're going to be the two the two teams to beat for sure. Like, um, but yeah, I mean anything can happen. In in, one injury away from losing one player really can and, can derail any team in the finals. Well, we saw what Durant's big foot did to Milwaukee. So, um, yeah. but again, we'll talk. We'll keep the playoff sort of chat going. Obviously, we've got the playing games again. Um, I'm a big fan of it. It gives more opportunities for teams that are fighting through injury to get a chance when their players are healthy. Um, But the four teams, at one stage in the last six months, we all thought we're going to be in the playoffs for sure, and that's Boston, New York, Hawks, and Washington, obviously, at the start of the season when they made that massive run. They're all fighting for the ninth and tenth spot. Um, you got Knicks, who had a great season last year and then um, everyone tutored them to be uh, at least a deep playoff run this season, uh, not matching their hype. And the other team is Hawks, who are just a great offensively. If you look at their offense per game and stuff like that, yep. they're dominating, but on the defensive end, they suck. And Boston, well, Tatum and Jalen Brown are really struggling. What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, if... For if you're gonna to have to pick two teams out of that, um, I think I think Knicks I think Knicks have to make it. I, I think I really like um, which I think you're gonna bring up in a second. Um, I think I really like their trade to to acquire Cam Reddish. Yep. Um, I, I think it does 
it, it, it is good for, for them. And I think it adds another string to their bow uh, with stretching the floor and all that and scoring power as well, which I think they do lack sometimes. Yep. Uh, and, and they're a bit stagnant in their offense sometimes, um, especially when uh, Randall gets the ball. Uh, he, he does he does make it a very stagnant offense, uh, trying to go ISO and uh, not not moving the ball. Like you, you see a Golden State and stuff like that, they move the ball so quickly and it's too hard to defend. But when you go to ISO balls, so many people can get over and help and, and then you can play help defense. But... Um, yeah, I, I think I really like that move with Cam Reddish going over to there. Um, and then uh, Boston, Boston's a hard one for me. I, I, I'm not, I'm not writing them off just yet, but I, I do think they need to make some sort of a move before the trade deadline to to acquire someone, say like a Ben Simmons or something like that, that's going to change up their team dramatically and change the style of, of play that they can play. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I thought they would have try to have a pitch to get Chris Paul in that off-season because that's exactly what he would have brought to Tatum and Brown. Yeah. Um, or even you wouldn't get a Dame Lillard because they look for their shots. But you'll look at um, uh, Rondo got a return back to the Celtics because he's a pass-first player. But, again, you've touched on um, Ben Simmons. So, yeah. Or even I think a, a Malcolm Brogdon who's a pass-first Point guard and hustles on the defense, exactly what Celtics need. Yeah. But I kind of disagree with you in terms of um, which team will – I'll go back, sorry. I agree with New York with your offensive statement with um, when the ball goes into Randall. He's ma- it's the old adage of once the ball goes in the post, it doesn't come out. It's a black hole post, they call it. Yeah. Once it goes in, does not come back out. So I think you hit the nail on the head. Um and we'll touch on the trade soon as well and what I think will happen with that. But, yeah, I think Hawks. I reckon Hawks actually won that trade as well by getting just a first-round pick, but more minutes. It, you've got to look at it, the minutes that Brogdon gets now, an extra five or six minutes. Uh, Tony Snell gets some more minutes. And also um, Hunter, when he's healthy, gets more minutes. There's no one, no person's getting chewed up. And it also frees up the lineup a bit to get another start into that team. Like it, it gives them flexibility now. Yeah, well I think they were trying to manage too many minutes and, and throwing the throwing it all around way too much. And I, I think they weren't getting enough minutes to get some continuity in their game and that sort of stuff as well. So yeah, you are right. It it could definitely help. It could it could throw as much as just one guy going out of the team could make you a better team. Who knows? But um yeah, I really – I do agree with that. It could shake up their whole lineup and their whole different gameplay. But, yeah, it's, it's hard to see right now with – yeah, they're just so up and down from the team they were last season to the team they are now with not much difference to their lineup. It's uh, it's hard to uh, – yeah, it's, it's hard to see them breaking the shackles of whatever's got, whatever demons they're dealing with. Yeah, I look at it in analytics as well. Like Cam Reddish and Simon Hill, they might have taken 15 shots now – there's 15 shots going to Bogdanovich um, getting shared around. He might get a three three more extra shots or um, Hunter getting another five or even Trey Young who's going to get an extra 15 shots. I don't think that's likely, but <laughs> yeah. there's, there's going to be more shots for people. It's just that um, if you take something away, there's more opportunity for something else, which we'll touch on again later in the pod. Um, but I want to talk about this reddish trade to New York. It really does 
um, uh, set up a reunion with Zion in New York. Yeah, which you have been saying. You, you have been saying that Zion's going to New York, so... Yeah, it, it backs it up. And I think even if you pull the trigger now, you could even make a trade for Randall. And the, the whole stop won't happen with Zion. Like, I don't think the New York fans would care if you don't make the playoffs if you got Zion. Zion, I think they'll go ballistic where there'll be crowds flooding and cheering. And he'll be a very popular man, I reckon, Zion, if he went to New York. And if they pulled it right now. Yeah. Yeah, so, you're right. I think I, I'm liking it. No, it's all good. And... The best thing about Reddish and Barrett is they're very rangy wings and shooters. They can shoot and they're rangy and they can score. It's that prototypical build of a player. Plus, you can add in another uh, defensive guard um, in Alec Burks, who's playing really, really well for him. Um, and then if you can somehow pull off a Zion trade, it just makes that team so much more enticing to watch. And that scoring won't be an issue then. It would just be a bit more on Zion's defense needs to shape up, I reckon. Yeah, but that that could that's that could be where you you maybe try and move Zion to the to the four, and so he's not playing on such big monsters, and and get a get like I say a for example like a Valanciunas where he can he can move out of the key and and give Zion room and and let him go to work on the offense, but Valanciunas can then take the key for defense. Yeah, well, you look at someone like Miles Turner who can do that, but even Sabonis who can do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Those, those, sorts, those sorts of players, where it, and especially because the um, Pacers are trying to load load off one of them as well. Uh, I mean, it could be perfect for a New York Knicks, especially if they somehow pulled off a blockbuster trade like that to get Zion and get the get those three back together, the Duke boys. Um, and then, you know, Randall probably fits in nicely with the Pelicans anyway. Um, as well, so it it could be a good trade for both teams. Well, Randall would be that star that they're craving, and he he works already well with Ingram. He, they both did at Lakers, and Randall was also a great player when he played for Pelicans for the one year that he was there. But um, it's just a domino effect now that New York have made that trade, and it's people go it's such a minor trade, but it's such a good building block for New York, but also the NBA because now teams have to pull the done it. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's just hopefully a kickstart to the whole trade period, and and we 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 do like to see some big moves happen and and some out of the blue moves happen as well. So I'm excited to see what happens in the next month. Yep. No. Uh, that. Yeah. Me too, man. Like, it's uh, it's, uh the NBA is such a such a fa- fascinating league and so exciting with all the content that it brings. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I've got two two things to to go over with you. Um, first one is um, obviously due to the trade period and that um, really really going to heat up soon um, with with um, Anthony Simons uh, for Portland. Um, yep. Does does that pave does that pave the way for them to start the rebuild using with him? Yeah, so I'm obviously, this obviously up. his yeah, obviously his. Uh, He's coming coming through. He's, he's really showing his worth right now, and and he, he's showing that he could possibly be a guy to build around. Obviously, the another scorer um, at the point guard position. He's playing really well when while Lillard's out, and he's meant to, he's going to have another six to eight weeks if he can stay healthy, as well. Uh, Lillard Lillard out for longer with his injury, uh, but uh, yeah, like what what do you think on that? I'm actually really happy that you've brought this up. I think it's now. Um, very 
very hard to trade off to blow up the roster now for Portland. I think they've held on too long. It's crazy to think, though, if you say that, if you told me at the start of the season that this will be the case, it would be um, a lot a lot different. But with CJ McCollum's contract, yeah, I look at it as Anthony Simons, Simmons, what, um, what's his name? Sorry, Simons? Yeah, Anthony, oh, Anthony Simons, Anthony Simmons. Yeah. I, think it's, I think you go either way. And CJ McCollum, is there much difference except for the age and the contract? I'm, I'm just saying that because I can't see it. So if you're shipping off a contract with CJ McCollum, you might have to actually put another extra piece in there like um, Norman Powell just so you can get another first-round pick to build around Anthony Simon. Yeah, but see, see Lillard, Lillard's still got some stocks that they can get a fair bit back for him. Everyone knows what he can still do if he comes back healthy and gets gets himself right. What I'm um, saying is, like, how do you make a contract work? Like, I don't think Merkic, um has great value either. No, 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 no. So what I'm saying is, so you've got a, you've got a guy like Anthony Simons, um, who's who's now who's stepped up in the absence of um, Lillard, and and you know that we, we've always we've always known in the last few seasons that they have had the pieces that they could really challenge for a championship. Obviously, they haven't. They've had injuries. They've had inconsistency from their guys. Uh, but like I was just about to say, Lillard's got. A lot of a lot of um, pull with a trade. They could get a fair bit back for him, even if it turns out to be some two or three really good role players. Uh, say, say for example, like a like a Pacers, where they could get like a Miles Turner and uh, and maybe like a Brogdon from them. But what would that trade be like? Because I can't. I don't. I honestly, I don't think you could get much. I don't think the CJ McCollum market. No, 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 Lillard. Oh. Lillard. Lillard. Oh, yeah, I think that will be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so that's what I'm saying. So you've got, you got Anthony Simons who can run the point. CJ McCollum can stay there. You've still got Nurkic. You've still got Norman Powell. You've still got all these guys. You only have to lay off Lillard. You don't have to blow up your roster. You've still got those other guys that are going to last a fair few more seasons. Anthony Simons is proving his worth uh, that he can still he can run the point and, and play really well there. And then, like I was saying, you can you can bring in a backup point guard that's a really good, that's a really decent backup point guard. For, for example, like team. a Derek, like a Derek Rose or something like that. But you bring in someone like that can help Anthony Simons. You bring in with with Lillard, you can bring in another two two or three decent role players that fill in the gaps of that team, and they become a really really big championship threat again. And I I, I don't see. One, I don't see that Portland team without um, some another star-like player with Anthony Simons, Simons building it. So if your starting lineup is Simons, McCollum, um, Norman Powell, and let's just say you've got Sabonis and, and Turner in the Lillard trade, which I don't think they would, but let's just say for this, I, I, I can't see them being a 60-win team. Maybe I can see them being a high 30s, low 40 top team win side. Um, but I would honestly, uh, especially with the draft in the next three years, some of the talent that's coming out is pretty good. And you can just rebuild in the draft and let this, let the West kill itself over. Like you're, you're not winning a title against a Phoenix right now. You're not winning a title against a Utah. You're not winning a title against Golden State. I reckon just sit on it, let the, let the natural process of Simon's 
evolve naturally instead of forcing him to have wins and then, um, yeah, get rid of these big contracts because what happens if you, let's just say they get two first-round picks in the, in, the lot of, in the first 10 picks, right? So two in the first 10 next season. They cleared off um, $70 million in cap space in McC- getting rid of McCollum, Lillard and Nurkic with, and keeping so- Simmons. You could still make a little bit of a splash in building a, a, a competitive roster to play um, to compete for a player playing tournament spot, but also developing those two top ten picks. So yeah, I I think that I only, think that only right up. yeah, I do agree as well. You could go you could go both ways. I was just saying if you wanted to stay really competitive with a few of those guys still on the roster, you could you could add a couple of pieces with Lillard. But the only downside I can see with um, Simons as well is. He really struggles on defense. He's, he's a very light frame. He... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He gets passed very easily. Um, and, yeah, it's, is, that, is that almost going to be turned into another Lillard where he's a mediocre, mediocre you- defender and with just the scoring power? I look at it in terms of what Memphis are doing. Memphis are hiding Ja Morant. Yeah, Ja Morant can get up underneath the defender, but he gets bullied quite a bit um, once, like when he was guarding Westbrook. Westbrook. I think I think Ja's still a much better defender than Simon's. That's it. That's but the other, still that's the other hide, thing. They still hide him in that corner if you watch the switches and stuff, which I think Simon's will learn over time because LeBron even rests himself. They used to do it with a young Wade. They used to do it with with Steve Nash. Um, and they also did it not till recently where he's just blossomed, but they did it with um, Kevin Durant as well. They just put hit, hide him in a corner, not hide him in the corner, but let him switch down onto that corner three. So they didn't have to um, work him over time on the defensive end. So he's still fresh on the offensive end. But I like your question. Yep. Good, good yep. job. And then, just the last one to finish off before we just take a break. Um, I've got I've got a bit of a funny one and a bit of a light-hearted one. But um, is this the reason? Is this the reason one people people hate the hate people associated with the Jenners or the Kardashians? And two, <laughs> is this the reason that people are calling this day and age really soft and and a bit of a sooky society with with Devin Booker sooking? When there's no crowd there, about the mascot dancing to put him off behind behind the ring while he's taking a free throw. I'm not gonna lie, I saw that on Facebook and Instagram, and I scrolled past because I couldn't even entertain the idea of watching it. 
Like it's so stupid. And look, I probably could be get it could be a bit of clickbait in making me watch it and stuff like that. But in saying that, like even just getting annoyed by someone jumping around, like we saw what happened when Curry was in the finals. One woman was trying to tease that she was the mistress of Curry. Like, like you get a cop it if you're at the NBA game. It's just part of the NBA. Like, yeah, like you would cop so much worse when there's a whole crowd there to a mascot trying to put you off behind the ring. But yeah. I I genuinely had five to ten minutes of rewatching that video, pissing myself laughing because. He was he was talking to the ref that he was dancing behind, or the mascot was dancing behind the ring. So, and uh, as, I, I had a good laugh about it. But as a kid, when it like as bad as this sounds, like all kids pick on all ki- on everyone and stuff. But as soon as a kid sees someone getting picked on, they that attack it a bit more. So of course, if you get a tell on that bloody mascot for jumping around, the mascot's going to do it more till it gets in massive trouble. Correct? Yes. Yep. So you're just making the situation worse by opening your mouth. Just shut up and hit the free throws that you get paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take let's go into a break anyway, and and we'll come back and dive into the AFLW, which is a huge week and exciting to talk about. Yep. No, that sounds good. All right. I'll see. You. Speak to you in a sec. Yep. What is he doing? All right, Guns. Let's uh, have a look at our last week's tips. Let's see how we how we went with those. Yeah, and just, to, just to kick us off of the AFLW. I mean, what what a what a week it was. Yeah, it was um, fantastic. Like I said at the start of the pod, um, Frankston hosting the AFLW round one clash, and then it just rolls through. Or um, Freo West Coast put up a great game to. Late uh, till the third quarter, and Freya ran away with it to Bulldogs and um, Demons, where Demons now look like the out favourite in my eyes. Um, we saw. Well, hot... I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that after Adelaide's pantsing of Brisbane. Yeah, well, don't forget we are recording this at ten o'clock on a Friday night, so we both got to see what the Demons did against a Richmond side today. But um, no, I. Uh, yeah, you would. I agree with you. Adelaide and Demons grand final fancies, um, especially with what's happened in the league. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll jump. We'll jump into that after. Um, but we'll uh, let, let's just go over our obviously our tips. But we'll obviously just. Uh, I think you got you got six from seven for the week, and, and yeah. I got I got five from seven. Uh, I th- I think obviously you got the Adelaide Brisbane one wrong, and and I got the the two. Um, the two teams that I was doubling down on with Geelong and Gold Coast, um, they're the two that I got wrong. Yep. Um, but, you know, that, that sort of just, just leads me into a little bit of that. Of Yeah, I did, I did double down on the young teams and I stand by what I said, what I, what I do think. I, um, the, the only thing, obviously, it's very early in the season. I, I wasn't expecting them to come out of the box and just be the best. Uh, they do still need it. Um, Get adjust, sorry, adjust to to the AFLW, and the speed's obviously going to increase. The intensity is going to increase from what they've usually been playing with, but it's still it's still going to really come on. and And I think later in the season we'll really see see what some of the girls can can produce. And I mean, we seen we seen it we seen it in in both the games with uh, Geelong and North and Gold Coast versus GWS. 
Uh, obviously, GWS and North are more experienced and, and they've got a few more veteran players. And you, you're really seeing that come into, come into action in the second halves. And, uh, I mean, especially the Geelong-North game, you're really seeing Geelong start dying in that last quarter. The, the younger girls, they just they ran out of legs, they ran out of gas, they uh, put too much into the third, into the third quarters where they'll... They'll adjust to that. They'll get they'll get that match fitness into them, and and when they can start running out out games, look out to the other teams. Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head. Those young teams will learn very quickly that with the opportunities that are given to you, you need to take full in advance. It's not like it's you're playing juniors where you can get away with it all game. I think at one stage, Geelong was leading inside fifty count against um, North Melbourne eleven to one, and they only had one goal to answer for it. Whereas North Melbourne had were one from one, so you, yep. they're they're the learning curves you take, and it's actually great, um, uh, great learning curves for Geelong. Like it's actually really good for their development. I, I'm not going to stay away from that, but the 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 biggest surprise for me was Adelaide on um, Brisbane, which yeah. is a smashing and. Beating Richmond, uh, beating Brisbane, sorry, at their own game in full high high pressure footy. Plus, when Brisbane tried to bring the heat on, they were just so clean around the stoppages and got the ball out and hit the weak side of the ground really, really well. Yeah, and and I think one of one of the twins in um, I think it was Rachel Martin who plays to the midfield. Yeah, was really underrated in in what she was able to do with the pressure around the footy and. And getting really in and under and getting it out to you, and Hatchard and um, and uh, uh, sorry, Ebony Marinoff. Yeah, yeah, and Ebony Marinoff. I mean, obviously those two really, really got a lot of their own footy as well. And um, and Hatchard was dominant. I, I thought she was best on ground by far. Yeah, um, and twelve contestant possessions against a red hot, and all contestant possessions were just efficient. Like just hit the target every single time. Yeah, and she really got around, got got herself around the ground. But uh, yeah, the, like there was there was some really really good games, and uh, there was a few teams that yeah, had really really come on. And it, uh, I thought West Coast were probably the most disappointing, like, like we thought. Um, but yeah, like Gold Coast, Gold Coast were in the game for a lot of the game. Geelong were in the game for a lot of the game, and and that's that's what I was sort of saying with with before they. Yeah, they just sort of ran out of legs, um, and yeah, it's it's hard to hard to see who's going to be that top four or even make the finals. I think there's going to be a lot of spots up for grabs um, coming up, like even even late in the season. Yeah, so when we go through the winners and losers of the AFLW, I put a few good points out for you to have those topics. But um, this are we going to do this week's tips now, or are we going to go? No, no, no. We'll do we'll do that later on. We'll do that later. Uh, so we'll go in the winners and losers um, for like round one of the AFRW. And I think the the first first point on, um, I mentioned last week that you need an identity if you get to play footy, um, especially at the top of the game. And I think the winners are Geelong and Tigers finding that um, identity. Like Ge- Geelong have definitely found Prosparkas. She's an, a future star of the competition. She was so good around the ground, so clean. Run on top of it till, like you said, in the last quarter where they couldn't go anymore. Like the last ten minutes, the petrol tickets were running out. Yeah, and that's, I, that's where that's where you were saying as well. I didn't add that in before, but like when 
because they're a younger side, they would just go, 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 where where once they start getting a little bit more experience and they start to learn a bit of the know-how of AFLW and stuff, you can you can play a bit of that keeping soft footy and, and kick it kick it around, keep keep it away, make the other team defend and really tire them out. And and you sort of bring get some of your energy back as well. You get a little bit of a breather, you get a little bit of a um, break just to, just for a couple of minutes and then you can put the burner straight back on. So I agree. That, 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 that'll, that'll come that'll come with more more and more games and yeah, they'll I think like I said, later in the season, Gold Coast and Geelong are gonna be firing. Yep, no, I I I don't know about that. I think I think I, Geelong and Richmond, yes. Um, I think maybe Gold Coast will fall away a bit. It's just what happens in AFL and even in AFLW. But I tell you what, you can tell the player that's done multiple pre-seasons to the player that hasn't. Like you, at one stage, Jordan Prespark has lined up on Jasmine Garner. Jasmine Garner's 25. She's done, um, this will be a sixth pre-season, whereas George Prespark's first pre-season and it showed in the last quarter when Jasmine Garner started getting on top a bit. Um, yeah. But the winners, again, like I said, winners with Geelong and Tigers. I think they found their identity. Yep. Yep. Um, the lo- the other, I've got six win- uh, three winners and three losers. The yep. first loser is the AFLW. I think with the ACLs, and it's not just the, the type of ACL, it's to the players. So if you're losing Brisbane lost Luckins, which is their premiership hero, Collingwood lost Davey, co-captain, AFL, Breast and Ferris medalist. Sorry, the Aaron Phillips medalist winner. Yeah, sorry, yep. yep. Um, and then Bulldogs, who you can put a line through their season starting losing Huntington, which is their, their the one player they could not lose and they lost it in Huntington. Um, yep. I think the AFLW um, lost out on that and they're the, one of the biggest losers. Yeah, they, um, they, lose, they lose a lot of their, uh, I guess, your show tickets. Uh, yep. with, with Bree Davey, like people would be turning out to see her, and yeah, you've you've lost that. And like you said, from the other two, you lose the Premiership hero and probably the like uh, Bulldogs' pretty much biggest star. Yeah, um, yeah, you you lose you lose those, and yeah, who knows? Dogs that might that might hurt dogs' chances of even being a competitor. This is what I've got. Um, so my winners, I got um, the veterans standing up. Um, it was the, the veterans stood up in round one. So in the demons, Daisy Pierce, um, Tyler Hanks, Karen Paxman had a quiet game, but T- Taylor Harris, all plays that are big star names, they all dominated for the demons last week. And Frio, Kiara Bowers, and Ebony Antonio, they're stars for their clubs, and they were amazing this weekend. And um, Kiara Bowers, mate, she's just. She just keeps improving every game I yeah. watch play. She's just next level. She's far. I reckon the difference between the first and second best player is a Kiara Bowers. Like she's just so good. She's like a fine wine, isn't she? She's yeah, getting she's better so, with age. Yeah, she really is. And then the losers, exactly what your topic was just before, um, in the dogs with their finals chances just literally cut in half. Huntington single handedly won them three games last week uh, last year. In playing def- def- in defense and up forward, kicking goals, stopping goals, and the other one was the Blues. I was really disappointed with how the Blues played um, last week, and I, I'm almost tempted to scratch them out. So it gives the opportunities for the Geelong and Tigers to jump, like you said, jump into um, the finals race that you're talking about. Because I think 
the Blues just had nothing. They couldn't run with Collingwood for three quarters. They ran with him for one, but they couldn't run run with him for three. And when you get tired, your concentration goes down and undisciplined errors, which gave away four 50-meter penalties that resulted in goals. Yep. You just can't do that. And then lastly, winners is women's footy. With the big players out, that means the AFLW have to look for um, other stars that are emerging. And with players out equals opportunity. So with the Bree Davies, with the Lutkins, with the Huntington's, I can can name three or four players to keep your eye on for Collingwood to fill the Bree Davies role. They might not excel in what Bree Davies does, but excel in their own um, expectations on the side. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind adding adding to your winners. It, it, it's a little bit of a of a uh, double double edged sword here, but um, I, I kind of want to add to add to this winner winners list as well. Where um, with obviously COVID, you got you got COVID, you got health and safety protocols. We, we've seen it. We've seen it tonight. Um, in the Melbourne Richmond game, there was there was five players from each team. They were they were coming off wins both teams, and they they all they both had to make five changes, one one or two injuries, but then mainly health and safety protocols. That's that's opportunities for it's like once it gets a little bit later in the season, once you have three, four, five injuries, and then you if you say lose another five players to health and safety protocols, you've got girls that are start gonna then get a go that weren't even thinking they were playing AFLW this year. There's girls that may have just missed out on a draft that might get that second chance and they come out and dominate and, you know, they're they're cementing themselves a spot in the AFLW where they didn't think they were going to get it. Agreed. And it it brings us to our points that we made last week as well with the list size probably needs to be a bit bigger just to... I'll start with this first. The health and safety protocols is... Like we have a game cancelled this week in um, Brisbane and Carlton because uh, Brisbane doggies because um, I think the doggies and Brisbane both had quite a few COVID cases. Is it is it definitely is it definitely cancelled or it's just rescheduled? I can't remember when it's going to be, but it's definitely yeah, okay. being rescheduled. But yeah. why can't the AFLW put in place that the mids can only stay with the mids? The um, forwards stay with the forwards. The defenders stay with defenders. If you get to do film sessions, which most of these cases are from reports that are coming from that, that's where the spread's coming from. Not so much on the outside. Yep. So why aren't you spreading it out? Why aren't you not letting everyone get exposed at the same time? Just to make sh- those precautions are taken so this doesn't happen. But like you're saying, with plays out, players going out opportunities arise and then girls can take the opportunity by the horns. Like this is a time that you can fully go out and grab it. Like um, I think it was um, uh, Lynch from Richmond, um, uh, Tom Lynch, his sister got an opportunity. She got cut the week before and because of the COVID issues, she got the opportunity to play with Richmond um, this year. So, and she debuted. So, just all these stories coming about, but like I said, with plays out equals great opportunity. Yep. And your last loser? Um, uh, last loser is this protocols. I, the COVID is the biggest loser because no matter what you can do, it's very hard to stop this 
AFLW season. It's hard to stop us being so passionate about it. And at the same time, you can keep taking play- – injuries can keep taking players out. But, um, again, it plays out equals great opportunity. Yep. Yep. I like it. I really do like it. Let's, uh, let's go into your play rankings. Uh, I, I know you wanted to do this again after after the big week of footy. There's uh, yeah. I think there's a few changes to your last power ranking. Yeah, so I've got only three players that stay in the top ten, while there's seven new players entering it. And oh, that's a yeah. massive. That that's going to be rare to see. I'd say usually you usually you're pretty solid with at least at least probably your top five players. Just maybe shuffle them around, but yeah. So obviously with Bree Davy going out injured, she falls away. Yeah. But I think I think with the once we get into round five and six, I think the steady nature of the players will stay in. But yeah. I've got a few. I've got a few um, surprises in here. I really liked it, and the power, the player rankings are the. I also I'll call it impact rank, rankings as well. The how big of an impact you had in your game, who you won, and a lot of factors take in. So I'll start with number yep. ten. I'll, uh, I'll I'll call out your numbers, All right. and then yeah. So let, let's hear number ten first. We'll we'll count we'll count it down to number one. All right. So the first GWS player. To, Enter my player rankings in Alice Parker. She had 21 possessions, 13 contestant, nine clearances, eight tackles, and she had five score involvements. And all five score involvements equaled into goals. So it tells me when she delivers a footy, you can almost guarantee a goal coming from that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's a good pick. Uh, number nine. That one of the other players that um, was in the uh, power rankings last last week. Ali Blackburn, I thought she had an actual quiet game, but she was a bright star for a losing side for the Dogs. She had 21 disposals, eight contested possessions, 13 kicks, seven tackles and four score involvements. And she was a big reason why the Dogs had a push in that third quarter was yep. because of her. Okay. And number eight. Um, first offender on my list as well. I have Ruby Slicer, 15 disposals, eight marks, five intercept possessions, one goal as well plus three rebound 50s, and she played against one of the, the most damaging forwards in Darcy Facesio, and she took it to her. She dominated, and she's a big, like her preseason, like her breakout season last year, plus her preseason this year, she's just flying through how good she's been. Yep. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing another defender in here, and I hope you have her in here. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see the rest of your power rankings, and if she's not, if she doesn't come up, then... I'll, she's, uh, that, she's actually number eleven. Can you believe it or not? No, it, it better. She. I'll bring her up at the end because she. Yeah, she's actually at eleven. I, I I couldn't even fit two other players, and she was fighting for it. But at number seven, I've got Breen Moody, the ruckman from Carlton. I thought in a very dark, bleak losing team in Carlton, she was a bright spark for him. She had six contested possessions, five marks, four score score involvements, and a whopping twenty-seven hitouts. Um, two of and. I think it was 20 to advantage as well with two rebound 50s. So that tells me she's getting back when the ball's moving forward. Yeah, and helping their defense. Helping the siege. Defense out. And I think she's, I think the stat was 87% playing time. So she barely came off as well, which yeah. makes it. Uh, uh, number six. At number six, I've got another Collingwood player, um, Jamie Lambert. I thought with Bree Davy going down, mate. She was pretty quiet anyway by her standards, but Jamie Lambert, Lambert was the star for Collingwood with 22 disposals, 10 contest, contested possessions, seven clearances and four score involvements. 
Um, she was all Australian two years ago. So I think this is the same form that we're going to see this season, especially with Bree Davy going down. Yeah, she'll, she'll have to pick, pick up some slack there. Uh, number five. Uh, we talked about it before, Jasmine Garner. I thought she had a very slow day for her. Usually she's a lot better than this, but I thought even at her worst, she was still one of the best players in the competition. She had 22 disposals, 10 contestant possessions, seven clearances, four score involvements, and she has a knack of getting tagged at the same time and still dominating games and putting the impact into the games as well. Yep. Uh, number four. Um, I've got... Her name is not this anymore. It's Bog. It's Anne Hatchard. She had 12 contested possessions, 26 possessions, seven marks, 19 kicks, seven tackles, and four rebound 50s. She was literally the Bog of the game. She was best on ground the whole time. And I think she's making a great case, which you put out on our pod the other in earlier pods, saying that she might win the league best at Ferris. If she keeps this form up, um, and closing the gap between the top three, I think she would definitely be in contention. Content- I mean, it, it's honestly just going to be who gets the votes out of her, Marinoff and, and Phillips, some of the games. But um, that's the only thing that she probably has against her right now is them stealing votes off her. But she's, yep. very, she's, she's a big midfielder. And she's, um, she's very noticeable and she's, she was everywhere. She was everywhere. She just dominated. She was the difference. She, I can honestly say she was a difference. Yeah. And we're up to three. three. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Riddell, she equaled the most possessions in a game in 35 disposals, but it's what she did with those disposals. She had 22 contested possessions, seven clearances, and six inside 50s. When Geelong were um, dominating the first quarter, it was her that turned the game on its head. It's very hard as an individual player to turn momentum, and she really did. She was dominating. She had um, a massive game. That's a yeah. huge game. Yeah, and like I said, she turned the momentum. And... Can't believe, I can't believe she's not your number one, but all right, let's, let's, I can't wait to see uh, number two and one. Yeah, number so two. who was an actual player that was also on the, on the list last season. She actually had a proper preseason, and it showed, and her running capacity is – it actually reminds me of you, Ash. You've got a really good – Tank under year, and she showed that if she focused on um, a proper preseason, she could get the best out of her body. And that's when it Conti. I thought um, Richmond don't win a game if they don't have her firing. Um, without the other, like there's no other midfielder that is as damaging on their side um, like she is. If you take her out, I don't can't see teams winning. They that like I can't see Richmond winning. She had 29 disposals. 17 contested possessions, nine clearances, and six in, uh, 19 handballs as well. Like she was um, linking up really well, running off. Every time there was a mark, she was the one that's receiving it. And she's doing it in the defense and pushing up forward and delivering to Katie Brennan, who's unlucky to miss out on this yep. list as well. And number one. Kiara Bowers, I think she's the best player in the league and she definitely toppled up with the best on-ground performance in Freo versus West Coast. 24 disposals, 15 contested possessions, 7 clearances. And the thing that separates her from the best midfielders is she had 14 tackles. So yeah. not only is she dishing it out, she um, not only is she copping the hit, she's giving them just um, back as well. She's, oh, she, was, she was destroying some players. <laughs> she's, she's a machine. She's the um, Fremantle Terminator, I think they call her there, and she just dominated. And she's my number one player for this week, and I don't, can't see her falling away. 
Yeah, and I'd like I, I really would like to hear your uh your three that missed out, to be honest. Yeah, so um Adelaide defender in um Alan, Adams or no, Adams? Sarah, Sarah Allen. Sarah Allen, yeah, sorry. She I, was I can't if, read my writing. If if the if the Aaron Phillips medal went to went a to defender. a player that wasn't a midfielder, Sarah Allen would have definitely been getting two votes. Yep. She so was... actually it's funny because I thought Ruby Schleichler had a better game than her and um, she didn't have as many touches. So. No way. No way, Sarah <laughs> Allen. Sarah Allen was the best was the best defender on the field and, and possibly the most impactful player on the field. And then at the other two, I had Katie Brennan missing out. I thought her performance against St Kilda was inspirational. Yep. But, um, yeah, just slightly. And Ebony Antonio also on that best, in, best on ground um, performance with Kiara, I thought she was unlucky to miss out. But it's early in the days. Any player can fall out of the list. Um, but it's at the end where it matters. And yep. this can give us the good guider who's going to win the Aaron Phillips medal. Yep. Excited to see how it all goes throughout the season. And uh, all right, let's, let's, finish, um, let's finish off with our um, tips for this upcoming week. Obviously, obviously uh, we... We didn't. We didn't do the. We did the podcast after the game, but we did already have our tips, and I think we both picked Melbourne. Obviously, after their round one win, it was just dominant. Yeah, uh, we couldn't see. We couldn't see them losing, but at, which we've obviously been proven right. Yeah, oh, well, just watching the um, the game before recording, it was actually quite a good tussle. It was a second quarter surge by Melbourne, but good teams find a way to win, don't they? They really do. Uh, I mean, they they might be learning from their counterparts in the AFL as well. So there's a bit building down at Melbourne, to be honest. So yeah. it, it's good to see, but also not good to see <laughs> <laughs> when you're not a Melbourne supporter. So, but um, so Collingwood, St Kilda. I've got Collingwood. Who you got? I've got Collingwood. I'm a bit worried now. Seeing Chloe Malloy is not playing. Um, well, she's not playing we- either. Nah, health and safety protocols and Tani Brown also out. So another big mid, three big midfielders, the three players that Collingwood could not lose, they aren't playing in Bree Davey, Tani Brown and Chloe Malone. Well, that was, that was actually going to be my um, other thing when, when I brought this game up with um, Chloe Malloy. Obviously, we've got Fredericks down forward. I was going to say, is, is Malloy maybe going to go in and play a lot more midfield and, and maybe fill a bit of the, the void with Bree Davey? Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. But with her in health and safety, it actually makes us it, – it scares me a bit. But they are still positive at Collingwood, which I know you have to be. But um, Michaela Can, that's a name that you need to watch out for. I think she might thrive this week with some midfield minutes for Collingwood. Yep. Okay. And Geelong versus Carlton. I've actually gone with some controversial. I did um, – uh, fry him just before about ten minutes ago, but I'm going with the Blues. There's something something about it. I'm if they lose this week, you can write them off. Um, yep. But I'm just going with the Blues right now. And cuts. How much? I want to know how much uh, that loss has physically yep. hurt them, not mentally. I think. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Geelong this week again. Yep. Um, with I, I really think they. <clears throat> Once, once they watch a bit of footage and stuff, they'll realise they were just going hammer and tongue the whole time. So, uh, I really, I really think that they're gonna they're gonna fix a little, a couple of their little 
little stuff ups up and, and they, they're going to come back and knock Carlton off. Like I, like I said last week as well, I think Carlton's going to be a big drop this season anyway. So, And Geelong, Geelong's an up-and-coming team, so I reckon they're going to surpass them. I hope you're right. And it's a battle of the sisters in Georgie and um, uh, the Press Parkers, sorry. Yep. And Brisbane versus Dogs. That game's been... Obviously being postponed, yep. yep. Sorry. But Brisbane. Uh, yep. Agreed. Yeah, I think uh, Brisbane bouncing back. Um, oh, the is it is a tough one, but it's also a, probably not going to be a great game just yet with West Coast versus Gold Coast. Is the game played at Wint Noval with the Wind Tunnel, and it's the team that adapts to the conditions the best. And I think it will be the Eagles. Oh, there's something about the Eagles in those three um, quarters against Fremantle that showed me something that they can match it physically for a bit. Whereas Gold Coast played a weaker team in Giants. Um, so I'm going Eagles. I'm going with Ooh. the Eagles. Okay, I'm going with Gold Coast. I think they're, I think it's time that they get their first win. Um, yep. they, they really gave a good push in, in round one once again. Um, I think that match fitness is going to come into play. Same with Geelong. I think they're going to get better and better each week with running out games. Um, and obviously a bit of a, a weaker opponent. I think a, I think a weaker opponent in West Coast um, than GWS. I think they I think they're going to run out the game a bit better again, and maybe like like I said last week as well. Gold, Gold Coast are going to get they got off to a really good start, but they just couldn't they just couldn't keep it going. This week it's going to go for longer. I reckon they're going to get off a good start as well, come out hot, and yep. and I think they're going to they're going to be able to hold hold West Coast off this week and and get themselves their first win. Yep. And Adelaide versus North. I think it's a pretty a no brainer on this one. I've gone with Adelaide at yep. Adelaide. Um, I actually think North is the worst good team in the league. I think um, they've got some firepower, no doubt, but their bottom half of their team is no match for the Crows. Yeah, but they should be getting um, their captain back this week. Yeah, Kearney, um, Riddell, and Garner in the midfield with against Phillips, Hatchard, and Marinoff. I'll still go with. Um, Hatchard, Marinoff, and uh, Phillips. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a big midfield battle. I like to, I would like to see Emma King get um, a couple of goals this week, though. For yep. Cam- yep. Um, and last game for the week is Frio versus GWS. I think this is get it. I think this is a time where G- I've always questioned Giants' uh, schedule. They always seem to get the easy one, but now they've run into a Fremantle side. And I think Freo will just pound them, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going with Freo as well. I think it's going to be yeah a good uh, a good a good beat down by Freo and and put them put themselves to two and zero as well and set them set themselves up for a good start. Yep, I agree. Yep. Um. And yeah, I think that's it for the AFLW. It's obviously been a massive week. We we couldn't really not talk about some of the stuff. So it's another bit another big podcast. Obviously, starting the year off. Um, but yeah, just just everyone. Obviously, thanks for listening, everyone that's listening, and um, obviously keep following us on our we're, socials. Um, yeah, so we're opening up a new segment for our listeners, for the um, for you, the listeners, to get involved in the podcast. We've had a heaps of viewings, um, so it's mal- what what do we call it again, Ash? So we're gonna we're gonna do a, a question questions you want answered and unpopular opinions. So we want want people to write in, um, send us send us a message on Messenger, uh, on Facebook, send us a message on Insta, 
Um, and then um, our email as well is thefoot.ballerpodcast at gmail.com. So you can email us in stuff there. Um, if you want to do voice recordings, you can do voice recordings. <laughs> It'll be, we, we, we might be able to even play them on the, on the podcast. Um, same with, yeah, same with unpopular opinions as well. Chuck them, chuck them all in there. Um, we'll, we'll read them out and we'll, we'll be able to discuss them on, on the podcast and, and give you guys an answer. Um, uh, so obviously, yeah, make sure you're following us on, on our socials on Facebook at, at the foot dash baller podcast and, and on Instagram at the underscore foot underscore baller underscore podcast. Um, and yeah, make sure you give us a like and, and follow and yeah, obviously follow us on on Spotify where you're probably listening, and yeah, go from there. Sounds good. But yeah, let's uh, sign up, sign off for the week, and and we'll we'll catch us next week to talk more about footy and basketball. Till next time, see you, mate. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.